I'll invite you to join me in the book of Joshua this morning. You have your Bibles with you. In Joshua chapter 20, as we move through this particular chapter, this section of the book of Joshua, the Israelites being led by the Lord through their designated leader of of Joshua have crossed over the Jordan River. They've been uh, defeating the enemies there, the, the city of Jericho, the city of Ai, being two of those places where the Lord's hand is, 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 is been exercised through the Israelites. They've been conquering that land in this divine holy war so that the land might be cleansed of all of those that the Lord has been patient with for a long time. The Lord has been patient with these people. For a generation, all the people in this land called the promised land have had a chance to see the work of Yahweh as he's been leading and guiding his people, the Israelites, Through the wilderness for 40 years. Many of them have not repented. Many of them have not known him as a saving, grace-filled God that the Israelites knew. And now the land needs to be cleansed from unbelief, from pagan practices, from that which would corrupt the Lord's people. And Joshua and the Israelites are engaged in this holy, this kind of divine warfare. And now they've divided up the land. And those allotments given by the Lord, without partiality, he's impartial about it, giving to the Israelites this land that he's promised to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And now today we get to this aspect concerning uh, these, these cities of refuge. Well, let's go there. In Joshua chapter 20, verses 1 and 2, we hear this. The Lord God said to Joshua, tell the Israelites to designate the cities of refuge. Divineness is being made known now to the Israelites as part of this divine, holy warfare in the cleansing of the land. Now the Lord God is acting on behalf of the Israelites, providing this divine kind of safety, protection. Think about the the Lord providing for his people throughout uh, their relationships with him and how he has protected them. This is a painting concerning Cain, and when Cain killed Abel, the Lord needed to exercise his justice, but he did so in great mercy, putting a mark upon Cain so that others wouldn't kill him in their seeking for the uh, avenging of blood. The Lord God protected Cain, really, showing him mercy in his divine justice. Divine justice, we might talk about then, is this activity of the Lord of mercy living. I'm going to let you live. I'm going to allow you to live out of my mercy, even when in justice, out of justice, you don't deserve to live. These cities of refuge are set set apart throughout the land of Israel so that somebody who sinned by killing their neighbor unintentionally, accidentally, for sure, could find safety and refuge, mercy, so that their life would be spared. Really, uh, these are the, the first safe places in, in the world that we hear about, right? Uh, they're not developed by politically correctness in our country. They were developed by the Lord God. Safe places for people to find refuge, mercy in living. 
Now, there's a couple of aspects that impact the Israelites' life as they also impact our lives. Again, the Israelites in this time of, of taking the land is an opportunity, opportunity for the Israelites to reflect our lives these days. And as the Lord is preparing them, he's preparing us for life these days and, and for eternity. One of those aspects that we see here as the Lord is uh, uh, revealing these safe cities to the Israelites is that one of them, one of those aspects is that the Lord is allowing for the benefit of the doubt. To give your neighbor the benefit of the doubt. And this is not also not a modern invention out of, out of the justice system. This comes from the Lord God. Here, dealing with the Israelites, let your neighbor, who has unintentionally and accidentally killed somebody, give them the benefit of the doubt before you seek their blood. Let's practice that together. Here's a safe place for that to be known, our city of refuge. And the Lord God is also installing the innocent until proven guilty standard. That isn't a modern invention either. It comes from the Lord God himself. This person is innocent until proven guilty. And here's what I want you to do. And so in verse 3, he says, Anyone who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally may flee there, that is to these cities of refuge, and find protection from the avenger of blood. To, what the Lord is saying here is to kill somebody accidentally and in, uh, unintentionally is, there's no forethought in this. This person hasn't planned it out. It's not premeditated. An accident has occurred. And a, a person was killed accidentally. It wasn't the intention of the activity of this person to kill them. But it still is sin because the life has been taken. God's in a rock and a hard place, you could say. i got to do something here out of my justice. But in my divine mercy, I also want... These, this to be practiced among you. That as somebody has unintentionally and accidentally killed somebody, as they find themselves in a city of refuge, they're to stay in that city until they've stood trial before the assembly. Before your peers. There is to be a trial, innocent until proven guilty with the benefit of the doubt, and until the death of the high priest who's serving at that time. So there's two things that the Lord is saying are, are exercised in this divine mercy living that I want to give to you in these cities of refuge. Now, we don't hear anything about the expediency of trial. That's maybe a, a newer uh, invention. Uh, and, and, and the death of the high priest. The high priest, depending on how old that guy is, his death may come soon. It may come a long time. This person who's sought refuge in the, uh, this city may be living there, separated from their family, for a long time until the death of the high priest. When those two criteria are met, when mercy living is extended to this person in the city of refuge, verse 6, then they may go back to their own hometown, uh, the town in which they fled. Then... They've served their time, so to speak. Justice is reached, and we move on in life. Mercy for living, extended. Now let's catapult that for us into the New Testament, what that means for you and me 
living today? Where is our mercy living found? But except in the one who is Jesus, he is the great high priest. I can't see that very, you can't see that very well, can you, in the, in the blanks there. It says Jesus is the great high priest. And so in, in Jesus, we find a refuge. It's not a city necessarily with walls or doors or a place where, where, where uh, people are, are, are living in community. It's in a person who brings us into a community on which we live in mercy. Jesus, the great high priest, we're told in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, had to be made like us in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to the Lord God Almighty, and that he might then make atonement for our sins. This is mercy enacted by our loving, saving God for us now, today. It's divine mercy living, shared with us, given to us through the one and only Son, Jesus, who is our Savior. He He stood before a group of his peers, and he was found guilty. No benefit of the doubt, no innocent until proven guilty, but Jesus was handed down the verdict of guilty by his own peers. And he didn't wait for the high priest to die. Jesus, as our high priest, was put to death. For our forgiveness, for our sins, blood shed so that mercy might be known for you and me. And the only safe place that we see in all of this, or any other kind of place of refuge that we see or, or find in, in all of this that the Lord is working is, is the place where we thought it was the end. His disciples certainly did. A tomb, sealed, guarded by the Roman soldiers. But that was the safe city of refuge in which the Lord then was brought to life. To go to our very enemies, who would condemn us without trial, without mercy, without the benefit of the doubt, without any kind of innocent before proven guilty standard, and would condemn us before the Lord God because of our sins. Jesus there went to hell to to, to proclaim that victory that he gives to us out of divine mercy living a resurrected, living Savior to prepare us, to prepare us as mercy-living people. As Jesus rose from the dead and gives us his life, as Jesus ascended into heaven and reigns on high, as he sent his Spirit into each one of us so that we might be believers in him, members of his kingdom, part of the community of Christ the Lord. So we are prepared to be an example of of mercy living in our lives these days. What does mercy living look like through you and me? But some of those very same characteristics in which the Lord was preparing the Israelites in Joshua chapter 20. Mercy living means that I would give my neighbor the benefit of the doubt. Don't we speak about that in the Eighth Commandment? When the Lord God says, um, uh, uh, oh, mine just went blank. You shall not, thank you, <laughs> mine just went blank. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, right? 
But what did, we, what did we say out of that? That we should build our neighbor up. Speak well of them in every circumstance. Give them the benefit of the doubt for our neighbor. This is where then when gossip and, and speaking ill and backstabbing and all of that kind of stuff just goes away in, in, in Christians' lives, in, in believers' lives. For we, as mercy-living people, are prepared now to treat our neighbor as we would want to be treated as well. Don't you want your neighbor to speak well of you and put the best construction on everything? Don't you want your neighbor to give you the benefit of the doubt? I do. And I'll thank you when you do that for me. And, and you can say thanks when others do that for you as well. Because this is Christ at work and alive in our lives in his mercy. Give my neighbor the benefit of the doubt. And mercy living also is about that standard of innocent before, before proven guilty. A standard by which we live by. And that standard is marked by forgiveness. Let the Lord be the judge, not me. Let his word be the standard by which we live by. And simply proclaim that word as the truth of the Lord. A standard that we live by. A standard that defines us as innocent in the Lord's eyes. And let him do the judging unto eternity. A standard by which we're looking and living with each other as innocent until proven guilty by by a standard that's above ourselves unto eternity in the Lord's standard of truth. So Joshua and the Israelites, they had these cities of refuge set apart. Places of mercy living for people to flee to. We we may not have those kinds of designated places. We have a, a person And we have a community that's a safe place for us as the people of God. That person is Jesus Christ. And that place is the church, the body of Christ. Where these kinds of issues of mercy living are proclaimed, taught. Where they're exercised and practiced. And where we bear witness to the world of the mercy of our saving God. Friends. You are, I am too, we are prepared to be an example of mercy living of the Lord God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. A word that we don't often maybe think about or even read about or hear about, these cities of of refuge, but what they mean for us, Lord. The great truth of who you are defining us in, in your mercy of a life that's lived unto you because of Jesus. Let the standards that you've set, let these ways in which our lives are called to be lived out be because of you at work in us for your praise and glory. As a witness to the world for who you are and because you live in us, who we are unto you. So thank you, Father, for letting us hear this word and our lives be built upon it. We are prepared to live these days as mercy-living people unto life everlasting in Jesus our Savior. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. May the peace of God that passes our understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And may the Spirit move in you mightily as mercy living people, right? Unto the glory of our Lord. In his name.